Talk Radio. Hey guys, today we are doing another episode of Star Trek Thursday. I am Matt and I am here along with John, straight from the Pleasure Planet. We uh damn sh- hey. Uh so we are those guys. And if anyone's wondering who those guys are, it's basically a bunch of us that come together. It's kind of like a Borg collective thing going on there. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I haven't even seen the Borg yet, but I'm just assuming. We're definitely not like the fucking Ferengi, but that's not relevant right now. That might be relevant next week, but that's not relevant right now. What's relevant, John, is we're talking about justice. It had such a cool name, and I did not expect that level of sexual tension from that name. <laughs> you don't you don't normally hear the name and think of uh you know weird weird eighties middle aged swinger planet. Yeah, no. Project Justice has taken on a weird new meaning for me. Exactly. Just afraid, instead, like, instead, of school, instead of school children beating each other up, it's uh well, that's about what's what we're about to discuss. <laughs> Which is okay, so here's the thing, right? I have a question for you. Before I rant and potentially rave in, a, in both a good and, and positive, uh, positive and negative way, question to you is, what did you think about this episode, both when you first saw it and revisiting it? Because you're an older fan than I am. You didn't see this one on TV back in the day, though, I imagine. No, no. And, and honestly, like if I did, I, I have no memory of it. Um, this was one that I, that I actually <clears> – I didn't actually see this one until later. It was one of those things that I, I had missed it because when, when I originally watched TNG, it was on reruns on a mm. cable channel. It was it was a local, I think it was like TV fifty five. It was like a local, uh, local oh, like, right, like yes. public access station. So I was uh, watching yeah, reruns yes. and and I missed I have certain that episodes. Too. And, you know, yeah, so I have that too. It's really weird. Source. Yeah, it's really weird. Sorry to interrupt, but like I have TV fifty five as well. So it's really weird because it's half like public access in a sense, but also mostly just reruns of stuff from about maybe either 10 to 30 years ago. Although by that point, when you were watching, it was probably 20 years ago. Because I'm assuming you were seeing it yeah, in the Yeah, that was the late 90s when I, that was the late 90s when I would watch oh. it. And, and basically, that's, that's where I caught TOS the first time, too. Because mm-hmm. so that, that was when I was a teenager and I was first sitting down to it, you know, on my own merits. And um, so, yeah, I didn't see Justice until later. And my, and my initial... My initial impression was like, oh, wow, this is a very, you know, uh, like Star Trek-y thing with these, you know, naked, mostly naked people and this machine god and things like that. But really, my opinion now and then is that this, you can definitely see the, we're still trying to kind of do TOS thing. It felt like a warmed over TOS episode in a lot of ways. I disagree um, it, a little bit. It ticked bit. all the boxes. It had um, the William Ware Thies or Thice, uh costumes. Right. So here's where I disagree. Not that the core concept isn't TOS. Perhaps I'm not going to disagree with you there, especially because while I am familiar with TOS, it's been a very long time. So I'd argue you're more familiar with it than I am. But here's where I disagree. The actual depictions of them like kissing each other and getting all up in each other was something they would not have shown on TOS during its its you know during that era, even prime time. They wouldn't have gotten that close to each other. Yeah, I mean there was I still, mean, even there was still a, a little bit of like of like making people would make out and stuff on TOS, but it wasn't quite as uh, you know I feel delicious. like it was a little bit more not really even explicit, just a little bit more glamorized in this one. Well, because yeah, well because this is the way I see it, right? In because when I see TOS, right, of course it was always you know people would make out, of course, but it would be like like even looking at the difference between. Um, the naked now versus the naked time where it was like, yeah, you had like Sulu shirtless and you had like, you know, this kind of feeling of like, Hey, how's it going? And stuff like that. It wasn't, it literally looked like when it was like, Oh God, we're on this ship and everyone's dead. And they were all pretty naked. Interesting. Like it was just like, they're doing certain things that I feel like in the eighties, I'm not saying it didn't push some bound boundaries, but I feel like during TOS, they would have been like, no, we can't fucking put that in. Maybe the novelization, but like we can't because yeah, like it, just it, the it, way it they racier. were sensual. It is racier, yeah. It is racier because the thing is, yeah, it wasn't more. It was more that there was like more implied sex and more sexual innuendo than than definitely would have made it onto 1960s television. But here's yeah. my whole thing with it, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting like kind of core sample of season one because the thing is you see you do see a lot of the tos attitudes though because you got a lot of that roddenberry like free love future kind of thing 
Um, very, very true. In a way, it, but you know what it is? And, I, and I'm about as, as the most sex-positive person as you care to meet. But the thing is, is that it just, I don't know, it, it was weird and awkward. And, and according to Will Wheaton, no less so on the set. Um, but like, because they're like, oh, it's a, it's a sexual, you know, and and because like, think back, think back of that, think back of that one scene where there was like, um, oh, um, you know, they make love at the drop of a hat, any hat, and then almost the next line is Picard saying, "Sounds great for the children," or something like that. Like it was a very, the transition was very so weird. I- I fuck you. So I got to be real with you. I found that fucking hilarious. Like literally, yeah, it's, it's like he'll it's go there a boy, he'll so come awkward. back a man. He'll go there a yeah. boy. He'll come back a man. Perfect. Wonderful. And you know, Send the children. They weren't even. They weren't even. They weren't even like. And then it was just the whole thing was just meme material. Because then then Wesley wants to play base. The girls, the, the teenage girls, talk about sex. Wesley's talking about baseball, which I mean, you know, have a have a field day with well, that psychoanalyst. Again, I blame I blame the casting. And I'm sorry, guys, if you've been listening in for a while to Star Trek Thursdays. I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to do it again. They needed to cast a younger person. Like Wesley, I don't remember what the canonical age of Wesley is, but Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton was not – yeah, 15. No, any 15-year-old, and I'm talking about even like – even someone who's like, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and everything, like he would still be like, oh, like a little bit, like, oh, uh, yeah. do you have cameras yeah. in this area of the planet? Like, Especially is, is God watching? <laughs> is God watching? God is always watching, actually. Oh, okay, well, then that's a problem. But our God, not your God. Oh, dope. So, like, I. Our weird, our I don't weird know. I, God. That got weirder, but okay, go on. No, but like what I'm trying to get at though, John, is um, what I'm trying to get at though, John, is that if you put like a golly G. Willikers ten year old, he's just like, I like Pokemon cards. Let's do some Digimon battles. But like I think back to myself at fifteen, and look, I'm not saying, you know, buy me a dinner first, okay? But like yeah, exactly. still, like, you know, but you you saw Yar with drinks, and I was, or even um, you saw Yar with drinks. I was like, fucking get it. And then I saw um, uh, uh, Yasha, uh, Tasha. I can't believe I keep on the empath. Yasha. Why do I always forget her name? Tasha Yasha. Yeah, I was Troy. right. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Troy. Um, so Troy, I see her with a couple as well, and I'm like, you get it too. And it's funny. She's like, I can see all of their minds. I'm like, makes it easier. You get it. Yeah. So like yeah. I was and, and fine. <laughs> It was fun. I think it was a fun episode I do appreciate, to a certain extent. I do appreciate the fact – and I do appreciate the fact, as, as I said, as off-putting as certain parts of it were, I do appreciate the fact that, A, it was heavily implied that Tasha and Troy got some. And also, you could even see Troy getting an eyeful of – like I said, you could tell that like, the ladies were enjoying the view just as much as the guys. It wasn't just a male gaze, you know, also a female yeah. gaze and other, any other kind of gay you can think of. Um, but, um, you know, so that was that was part of it, too. So, yeah, so it looked like everybody was having a good time. It wasn't just Riker and Worf, you know, having, you know, sowing their wild oats and having a good time. Like, everybody was, you know, kind of enjoying themselves. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was weird because they were trying to do they – were, they, were, they, were, they were trying to be, like, sexually liberated, but in a, in a way that kind of struck me as odd. Like, it was so like – So here's why it struck me as odd. Here's why. And we both got this at the same time, actually, which is kind of funny. So they're sitting there, right? And it's just like, we are this sexually liberal utopia. Everyone here is sexual, but it's not devious. It's pure as snow. And it's like, interesting. Where are the black people? Hmm? What? Where are the Hispanic people? I'm sorry. I don't know what you mean. People who have darker skin than yours. I'm not following. They don't really exist in our utopia. That's weird. That's because yeah. like so when you in, don't in give a, them like makeup, of... when you don't give them makeup, because this also harkens back to another episode that we talked about where they didn't give the characters makeup and they gave they gave them outfits that were just stereotypical in all these different directions that were all non-white and it was just like I think I see what you guys are trying to do here. I forgot the name of the episode. It was a next gen episode. Yes. Do you remember that one where they were all African American and they were all like the the leader was oh, like Code angry of trying yeah, to I steal say, I was, Code I was of Honor. I was actually say that this is in the same kind of of lack of self awareness that made Code of Honor possible. They make it so on this perfect sexual utopia, all the beautiful people are Aryan. 
they're all blonde hair, blue eyed uh, people, which again, lots of checks and balances where someone could have said, Hey, if this truly is a sexual paradise where like all are welcome and everybody can be themselves, why is everybody white? Let's throw a few different people. The only, you know what I said? Yes. And, the and only even in thing, 87, they should have known better. They should have, but I will say this, and this does save it compared to the other one. This does save it to me. They all kind of turned out to be shitty people. Yeah. Like, I, like to be fair, like if the main couple was like a mixed couple, i.e., let's say like African-American and, and Asian or African-American and Hispanic, I would be upset if they were like, Oh, we forgot to tell you the rules. Yes, about you all getting murdered. I would feel weird yeah, if they were leading the charge. So it's this weird situation where I'm like, it's a weird, it's like a juggling act. It's like, is it bad if all the bad guys are white people, or is it good, not good because ah, now, like is it good say, because they were all bad, or I don't know. Like it's starting it say, off. That's what I now, thought. Obligatory, obligatory joke about if someone wants to kill Wesley, is it really a crime? <laughs> <laughs> is that point in their favor or against? That's completely up to you. My problem with the killing of Wesley is that uh, it was it, – it does – okay, so like I understand their prime directive, but I feel like it does get to a point where it's just like, all right, Picard, put your dick away whenever you hear the fucking phrase prime directive. Like it's it's just kind of gotten to the point where it's like – Yes, but they they broke some type of law with you because they did not inform you of their rules when you got a full breakdown before the episode even began. So and they the truth of the matter them. Is, yeah, yeah, and the problem is, like I said, I think I, – and I don't know if it was just sloppy writing or if Yar just dropped the ball because this didn't come up. She said it didn't come up in her initial survey of the planet's laws, which I don't know, like I said, how how – thorough a, a, a scan she did if she wasn't able to come up with the fact that their entire justice system, you know, works that way. That like it literally because they crime, have it, because they potentially have no record of it. So in other words, they have no record of any kind of punishment. So arguably if you're doing a scan of written law or if you're interrogating them politely because they're not fucking, you know, going to like advanced interrogation them like this is the you know they're chill this is the future so they're asking like hey like you know what do you guys like if you got you know if if uh like like, how do things run here oh they run very well we all love each other we all do this and this and this and this and this like it is kind of even though i saw it coming i saw something like that coming it is kind of slingshotty to be like oh by the way though if you like you know break a rule you will get murdered yeah, I feel like that's so distinctive. And I know that, uh, you know, if, if you're basically just going there for a vacation. But the thing is, they weren't just going there for a vacation. They were actually, uh, like, depositing colonists there. So, uh, you know, if yeah. they were, it, it would behoove you to find out the, the, the local customs, which has to necessarily include their laws, especially if it's something as, you know, distinctive as, as uh, oh, yeah, the, the punishment for every crime is death and the, the zone where, you know, the, the crimes can be committed moves around at random. Because the whole idea is that yes. you, you never know where the death zone is going to be, so you don't risk committing any crime. Yes. Now, I have a major question for you because uh, even though, again, I my roots with Star Trek go back, I'm still technically a newbie compared to John. So, John – how can okay so they are part of the federation like the ship is going around finding new life finding new places but this new civilization they found this eden basically they are not part of the federation they are not and matter of fact to tell you the truth one of the fundamental problems hmm. with this episode and and like I said because this is this is a, a prime do, prime directive dilemma episode which are a dime a dozen but the problem with this mm-hmm. one is a very simple one the Enterprise shouldn't have contacted them in the first place. They don't have warp Thank capability. They, they didn't realize that the, that the machine in or- – they thought that the machine in orbit was God. They've never seen their planet from space before. So, but it, which also begs the question as to why they're so nonchalant about visitors from other planets when they don't even – like I said, they've never seen their home world from space. Are, and so they don't, but they don't seem surprised that there are people from other – planets and other star systems that exist and come visit them, are they just love-numbed? As, as uh, the author of the, the Nick um, Picker's Guide for Next Gen Trekkers once said, and I never forgot it. 
So I'm going to go with that, and I'll get back to that in a second. But I want to say something that occurred to me while you were talking. So it seems as if Riker was using his dick as a compass. Yes, as always. I say that I say that as Riker walks into a room with the smuggest look on his face. Hey, do you want to play this game? Another time. Literally, it's he's like, using hey, his Riker, dick as a compass. I know you're walking a shame, doing the walk of shame through the temple here, but would you like to play some sexy jacks? And he's like, no, nah, man, oh, no, so good. I already got three season one. No, season one, Riker does not do walk of shame in here. This is a man who, like, it's I don't know if, like, like, yeah, no, like, I don't know if Viagra is free in the future or, like, what, but he is doing a strut through this temple. He, he's one of those, uh, oh. he's one of those, this is Bob commercials. Oh my God! Also, I love the the conversation with Worf. Honestly, the 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 comedy in this episode was actually pretty good, in my opinion. Where it's just like, if I was talking to another man, Worf, that would be considered bragging. Bragging, sir. Yeah, because he ah, says, "Oh, human women, human women can't handle my uh, my apparently two dicks." <laughs> <laughs> but, well, um, I, ass- yeah, that's, I that's assume the- it's more of the 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 strength. Or, or, he's like, I would need a. I, he's like, I would need a. Um, a uh, Klingon woman, sir, or Klingon yeah, female. Klingon, He's Klingon, like, oh. this is our first, this is also our first indication that I think that Klingons like it rough. I think this is the first time that we get we we kind of get to see that, well, that aspect of it. it. Yeah. They don't even like it. They can handle it rough. That's the thing. You know, it's kind of like these literally. Actually, how funny would that be? It's just like, it's like, oh my God, Wesley broke this crime, and also Worf broke someone's spine. Worf. I mean, I told I will you say, first like I said, off. I don't want to smear. I don't want to smear anyone's name on social media. Uh, a a cast member and another cast and a guest cast member did hook up on the set of this episode. I mean, this is the episode to do it. Yeah. What other episode are you going to yeah. do it? Exactly. What are you going to um, do, do it in Code of Honor? Are you going to do it in the Last Outpost? <laughs> no, Jesus Christ, no. This is the one. But, but um, um, no but, space jellyfish yeah, so th- to ruin anyone's uh, arousal. Great, great joy and gratitude. Oh, Jesus. No, but, okay, so, uh, but you were mentioning, you know, why would they even contact them in the first place, yada, yada. Yeah. And I agree 100%, which is sad because I feel like the tension in this episode is what really, and I'm not, like, making a sexual fun joke here, haha, I'm being serious. The tension in this episode was really good, have putting Wesley's life on the line based off of something that was arbitrary that like even people who hate Wesley have to acknowledge that that is some arbitrary shit that should have been mentioned mm-hmm. to uh, the, to the ship at the time. Even if you're like, I hate Wesley and I want him to die. Even if you're like in that weird, I consider it a weird camp because it's like, dude, it, it's not the character's fault. It's the writer's fault. Maybe I'm getting too meta with it, but still, even if you're in that yeah. camp, it's like, you really have to fucking tell the kid. But and before you're like, also, I love the whole go play with the other kids, but not like that. Not like that. Yeah, not the, I, play baseball. No one had to he, tell Wesley. About baseball. No one had to. He literally only thought about baseball. No one has to tell him. That's what's so funny. It's just like, are you are you worried? I don't know if Earth customs are different. Oh, the boy's fine. How are you doing, Wesley? I like baseball. He's great. Yeah, it's just like, don't worry, Captain. I won't hook up with anybody while we're on shore leave. He's like, oh, I know you won't, Wesley. I know you won't. <laughs> but yeah, so the fun. Well, the I could if I wanted to. Mm. Sure, sure, buddy. Oh, me and this girl are just role playing. Yeah, but 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 not in a sexual way. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> um, oh but, my god. Uh, yeah, the thing is, like, they should never have contacted these people. So, so there was mm-hmm. a, the you know, just 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 speaking to them breaks the prime directive, and then and then exactly what they what the, exactly what happened is the reason the prime directive exists is because oh no our presence here has led to like a theological crisis because these people just saw what they call God, in orbit. Also, okay, so I will say something bad about Wesley, even though, like okay, they should have at least given him the line. Initially, I'm sorry about the flowers. He only said he was sorry when it turned out capital punishment was the end result. Like, because he falls into the flowers, and he's like, don't worry, I'm fine. And it's like, all right, dude, even if they weren't in the zone and you weren't going to get killed, your first thing should be like, 
Oh, guys, I'm really sorry about this. Do you, like, want me to fix the enclosure or, like, what? Like, we're guests here. I apologize. His first thing was just, like, uh, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, don't worry. And then, like, these two guys come over, and it's just, like, I do not like this at all. And he's, like, what? I said I'm fine. And it's, like, they literally yelled at you while you were running. Um, maybe he didn't hear it. But they yelled, like, no, the flowers. You're not supposed to. Again, maybe he didn't hear it. He was really far away. But it's just kind of funny that his response, if he did hear that, was, no, 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 I'm good. I mean, fuck these flowers. Actually, i got to take a piss. Guys, can you all turn around? Yeah, yeah screw your flowers. I'm... Yeah. Uh, so, but it was what I was confused it, yeah, about, was... though. Can I say something I'm confused about? I love yeah. that they were like, oh, my goodness, you admitted to this crime? Like, wait, could Wesley have just been like, I didn't do it? And the kids were like, we didn't see him do it. And they'd be like, shit. Uh, it wasn't me. Right. It, was the blonde, it was the blonde girl. <laughs> well, no, because the other guy this. was like <laughs> – well, because the other guy was like, I threw the ball. That could be anybody. The other guy was like, I threw the ball. And so literally they could have just been like, uh, it, was, it was someone. They all could have just said it didn't happen. That was confusing to me. Because literally he's like, you admit it? And I'm like, wait, so is he not supposed to admit it? Yeah, because like, well, you know what it is? Yeah, they are, they are guests on the planet. And, and he probably didn't think anything of it. It was just like, oh, well, I didn't think I was going to be sentenced to death for stepping on the flowers. But yeah, well, no, the whole course, idea no, I'm that, not blaming – I'm not blaming Wesley. I'm blaming the, the two dudes who part, who are the mediators, who are asking, and they're shocked that he admitted. Like, wait, do people just normally be like, "I didn't do it," and then they ask, "Did they do it?" And the other people go, "If they care about them, no, they didn't." Well, I guess you didn't do it. Like, wait, what? And they do, like, yeah, they I don't, do, they do the little their little lifeguard, the little lifeguard room that run with their perfect '80s hair. <laughs> I love how they all and ran. Hop two are on the scene. <laughs> How funny is it you look at Riker and compared to all of them, the woman who was like with him, and she's like, oh, can you not run? Don't worry. I'll still fuck fat guys. But I'm just wondering. You can't run, right? And he's like, mother, motherfucker. I can, well, I can run. run baby. <laughs> but, so, but the thing is, yeah, it's a, it's a prime direct. It's, it's probably the, it's the first of many episodes where they do tackle the, the prime directive. And they, you know, in this case, like I said, they would have to, it's all about following your own rules, even when it's, inconvenient or even when it uh but but then he realizes that yeah basically what it boils down to is yeah you know what it's their local law and we have to respect their customs but given that it's a stupid ass custom i've elected to ignore (laughs) yeah but i want to get back to that i'm sorry i just i hate myself as i was walking into uh because i'm walk i'm pacing as we do this and the episode is on in the background on netflix as i'm pacing so i walk into riker trying to contact the enterprise and he obviously can't the communications are blocked by god you know typical fucking tuesday so uh when he's trying to talk up and i see i have subtitles on so i saw them before saying like we have an admission we have witnesses and they had like some other third thing. So I see Riker looking up, and all I can think of is one of these things are a fact, and the other is fiction. <laughs> we fooled I... you that time. <laughs> That's a good one. Gotcha. All right, I'll get that. I, I didn't, that was pretty good. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> nope. I walked up because nope. I walk in and I see his I see his face looking up, trying to, and it just hit me. It just clicked. I'm like, oh no, one of these is fact, and the other is fiction. Nope, not the same. Star Trek. Fooled you. Have you ever spent the night of a? Have you ever spent the night in the haunted house? Have you ever been sentenced to death on a pleasure planet? Please stop! Please stop! You're just quoting a video, collecting all these clips now. You're, you're, that's all you're doing. Anyway, um, but here's the thing. So it, it is sad again that the entire episode falls apart. But I do like that. It's. It, I do like that they were looked at as potentially more compassionate to save another person, in this case, Wesley, rather than follow that simple rule. Because if they did, then they truly would not be any different than this, this race of people on this planet. So in a way, I actually did enjoy them breaking that directive. And again, it also makes more sense now you think about the fact that they're not even part of the Federation, so they really didn't break a directive. Or they technically did just by interacting, but not by well, pulling well, out. The prime, the, prime directive, the prime directive still applies. In fact, the prime, prime directive w- would only really apply to non-Federation. You know, not, cause oh. the, the idea is that it, it, it applies to non-war. And the thing is, there's been a, there's been a little bit of waffling and confusion as, as to what the prime directive exactly is. One of the TOS so episodes actually lays, actually lays it out. But generally, speak, you know, but generally speaking, it's, it's no contact with warp, you know, with, with pre-warp civilizations. And if you do, you can't do anything that interferes with the natural development of their culture. Yes. 
so but what I mean is is that them yes, them interfering just by going, Hey guys, let's fuck, that's breaking the directive, but them pulling Wesley out of there was I mean, you could argue it was, if you will, but I would argue it's not. Compared to their yeah, initial they, fuck up. And they had already like I said, the, the prime directive kinda of goes out the window because they're already there. And they're already that's what they're I, already yes. aware of them. So the directive is already broken. It kind of it kind of almost renders the you know, it's like, you know, renders the whole thing about, about uh, you know, whether or not to rescue Wesley from them. It renders it moot because you're already there. You know, you've so already broken you the rule, so it almost seems silly to worry you, about it now. Do you think that destroys the episode? Because for me, without thinking of that, the entire episode actually felt like one of the best this season thus far. So do you think with that in, ta- in mind, that now ruins the episode? I'm being serious. It's, it's fine no, if it does. I, I, don't think, I don't think it completely ruins the episode. I think, like, like you had said, there's still – and there's some, some good points are made, like, you know, when has justice ever been as simple as a rule book? And it does, it does that thing that TNG, especially early TNG, tends to do sometimes where it kind of brings up a good question – or, or an interesting dilemma, and doesn't really do a whole lot with it. Like it'll it'll scratch the surface a little bit, and maybe maybe drop a few, you know, choice, you know, profound sounding sound bites. But it doesn't really get its it doesn't it gets its hands a little dirty, but it doesn't go too deep. That's true, and that's why I, I we talked about this last episode. In the grand scheme of things, this probably will not be. A good episode, but when we compare it to everything in TNG that a I've seen so far and you've seen overall, this is one of the better runs. This is a different standard yeah, I, than comparing it to the entire series. At least this one had a bit more of a clear point. Like there was more. Like it was yeah. clear what they were trying to do. It was it was the first I would say like quote unquote issue show that that it did because in this case the issue that's tackling is capital punishment and because because it's a it's a a hot button topic. You know, particularly then, um, but really as much now, much as ever. Um, you know, it's the said it, it's it's the it's the fact that it was taking it on and trying to do kind of what TOS did with a lot of a lot of issues of its day, and sort of put it into perspective. The problem is, it's like the 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 reason that TOS succeeded in a lot of its like its its like social issues episodes is because it, it they were they were like very simplistic and silly episodes that pointed out how simplistic and silly the concept was. Like there was that one episode of TOS that, that dealt with uh, racism where it was a race where one, one half for some of them, one half of their face was black. The other was white. And then with the others, it was reversed and they hated each other just for, just on that basis. So it was really, it worked because it showed how absurd the concept is TNG and, and later Star Trek in a lot of cases would try to tackle more complex issues and try to comp like try to tackle them complexly, if that makes any sense. Like they'll, they'll, they they yes, they they yes. stepped in the ring like they really wanted to really dig deep and 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 go twelve rounds of this issue, and then it just didn't. It kind of just kind of paid lip service to a few ideas and then just sort of petered out. In this case, well, I can see it doing that, and I think your point is fair. What I think they did do that certain episodes so far haven't and got wrong is that they didn't really have high enough stakes. To be fair, last episode did have the captain's life on the line. Or when they tried to have high stakes, like with the Ferengi, they also made the mistake of introducing the Ferengi. So so yeah. it's a double-edged sword. Like, we're going to introduce the Ferengi, and they're going to be evil atrocious and want to kill you, and then they acted the way they did, and they were who they were, and then you kind of sit back and you're like... This isn't high stakes. This might actually be the worst one thus far. So I have no problem. You know what it is, too? I have no problem with the series trying to get cerebral and trying to take on these issues. What needs to happen, though, is it needs to have a bit more oomph, either in the issue side or at the very least in the action side. Because a lot of the times what I notice the problems are are the execution of certain parts yes. of the either the cerebralness or just trying to like they'll take one issue and they'll focus on it for a long period of time like let's say it might be an issue that's uh, a big one but it's only surrounding one character what this episode did very well is it jumped between between multiple characters perspectives on the issue and it could have been a terrible episode and not because it's wesley but it could have been terrible if it introduced these issues, but only focused on Wesley. Now, I think they focused on him a bit too less. Like, they should have focused on him a bit more, to be fair. But it could have definitely floundered if it only followed one character for most of it. But I think this show and, and thrives he, when it doesn't do that. 
Yeah, it, well, because it's an yeah, it's an ensemble cast, and that that is one of its strengths. As opposed to, especially opposed to TOS, which is basically the power trio, and then and then basically supporting characters. But yeah, it would have been nice to see a little bit more from Wesley's side of things, just because he basically became a MacGuffin. It's his life. He became a plot device. Like, it, like he's he's the princess yeah. we have to save, basically. So and yeah, it was it was. Um, you know that end, that end of it was interesting, like you had said that it it kind of it it took it on and it kind of started to address it, but it knew that it only had an hour of science fiction television in which mm. to tackle this this very controversial issue. Um, so then the question is, but then the question is like either do it either go all the way or don't go at all. Like kind of pick you know don't That's tackle true. the I issue mean, if you're not going to tackle the issue. Yeah, I just think that it tackled it in a way I don't want to say better than. Uh, TOS could, but just doing things that, well, again, like I said earlier, were still controversial, but in certain cases just straight up could not have been done with TOS. And that's not just about the sexual liberation, but it's also about talking about the death penalty as well, which it's interesting because I would think that, yeah, even at the time, and again, even to this day, there are some people who swear by the death penalty. And also, and I, you know, I'm going to bring some real world stuff into this, sorry guys, the death penalty is not swift. It sounds like it's swift, but interestingly enough, it actually does take long periods of time to kill these people, and it does not always guarantee success, which means that their death is either prolonged or sometimes a, a failure, which is odd to say. We use the same system to execute people now, in, at least in New York. I know it depends on the country. As uh, Although, actually, no, New York does, does New York have the death penalty anymore? No. No, 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 they've changed the, they changed the death penalty because it was under the impression that the chair was obviously horrifying because you could smell people's hair burning and shit like that. So they changed it to an injection, funnily enough, just like this one. Yes, just like this one, but the difference is that we use. But the difference is, is that it's sci-fi. So they're in, so it's funny. The point actually isn't 100% uh, the same because in their world, what? It's painless. Now you frightened the boy, and he's going to die anyway. So how dare you? It was kind of funny. That it's the same way the Ferengi will be like, "Oh, she's clothed at all," you know, shit like that. Oh. But um, oh, but when the female claw. So, but looking at this though, comparing it to the real world, funnily enough, in a sad, in a sick way, in a sad way, it isn't instant. It takes, again, hours. So it sounds like it's something simple, but it takes hours, and we don't always have the right person, even if assuming that it's okay if we have the right person 100% of the time. So in in this case, it takes that, and like you said, it makes it ab- uh, absurd because literally it's like he stepped on some fucking flowers. Yeah, well, what are we going to do, no, let people rape? Like, uh, it doesn't seem like there's really any kind of due process either. No. Like literally, it's the zo- like people monitor the zones. You don't know when they're monitored, so you don't do anything wrong. It's it's funny. They think that they have evolved because they aren't the way they used to be. Which it sounds on its surface like oh, it used to be like humanity and it was terrible. But when you say like oh, well, we've evolved because we have the death penalty now, so no one wants to do things that are wrong. And it's like yes, but when you extend it to everything, of course, we have a situation where we now have a a boy who has literally stepped on flowers. I, I, right. It's so funny. It's whole, I thought the whole idea. The whole idea is just that. Uh, you know, said, "Oh yeah, it's worth you know. Sure, once in a while somebody gets executed for some petty crime, but or or some you know very minor transgression. But hey, it's a small price to pay. You know, for if somebody gets shot for littering once in a while, it's a small price to pay for our society being like perfectly lawful, and and you know being being almost without crime." Yeah, and again, uh, that's an interesting debate that, like you, like we've been saying, they tried to get into, but extra. It's just so funny that it came up out of nowhere. Like it started off with like, look at these hippies, like in the, like in the sex, and then it turns into, by the way, I can't believe. I, that's what I loved. How immediately it went from zero to a hundred. How shit hit the fan so quick. It was just, it was just. Uh, by the way, uh, did we mention that our laws state that uh, if someone fucks up, they're going to get murdered? You did not state right. that, and, and they did mention oh. that in the in the when they were introducing the 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 the, 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 the species. They said that oh, they're very they're very like progressive in some ways, and then almost puritanical in others. And then it turns out that yes. the puritanical in others is that yeah, they have a very harsh penal <laughs> system. Yes, huh. that's funny. 
That was a good one, John. You know, it, pun pun intended, if you want. Not intended, if Fully you don't want. intended. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, and you know what I do enjoy too, because at first I thought it was gonna get a, a bit creepy, but they actually legitimately were like, "Hey, no, if you don't want it, like we're good." Yeah, like I, I thought that was gonna that. get weird. Where, you know, nobody does here. Nobody does anything here that they're not comfortable with, unless you want to get executed. It's, if you're not comfortable yeah. with that, too bad. <laughs> That's so funny. Just like there's like a lawyer for Wesley. Just say this. Thank you, thank you, Mister Cochran. Is it? Just say this. I do not feel comfortable being executed. Damn it, they got us. Honestly, also, like being executed is a hard limit for me. Also, if the footprint does not fit, you must acquit. <laughs> got him. Uh, no, but it, so yeah, so I was happy that they didn't go into some weird territory with that. I was under the impression, so I, I was texting you, live texting you, all of my different predictions. Because my first prediction was, when it was like, oh, we don't do anything to make people feel uncomfortable. I was like, someone's going to say something to Wesley, and Wesley's going to be like, hey, come on, stop that and be loud. And they're going to be like, whoa, we don't have anger here, like that one episode of Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. I thought they were going to go yeah, in that like, direction. You, you, you're harsh and my mellow, man. Or or when they were – oh, when, they, when he was like, oh, let's just go get a branch from a tree. I was like, they don't do that here. So if you deface the tree, I bet you it's going to be an issue. And then my third one was when, when – and you and I loved your reaction to this uh, – when I said, oh, God, no, he's going to be hungry. He's going to see an apple on a tree. This is Eden. He's going to fucking eat the apple. They're going to be like, no. Yeah, it's like, no, it's not, they're not going to be quite that on the nose with it. Close, but not quite. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that if you're in Eden – they were going to do some shit like that. And it was going to, cause I saw a summary that said, damn it. Wesley did some dumb shit or Wesley broke a dumb rule. And that's, you yeah. know what happened. So I was like, Oh, so I do. I was thinking, like, what is the dumb rule going to be? And it was, I stepped on the flowers. He admits to it. <laughs> the boy must be modest. Wesley is sentenced to death after breaking the public urination laws and the next exciting episode of star Trek next generation. At least that makes, at least that makes sense. The boy needs to use the bathroom. Yeah. They, they literally showed no public bathrooms. Prime directive. I don't know where they. On the grass. Oh, my God. The prime directive. Um, uh, right. The Edo. You know why I keep on forgetting their names and I keep thinking of it as the Garden of Eden? I mean, they mentioned it, uh, the, the references a few times, but <laughs> because every time I think of the Edo period of Japan, so I'm like, it can't possibly be Edo. Is, like, is somebody going to throw coins? <laughs> is it going to be. What was it? Um, I Heiji Zenigata, I think. <laughs> I don't know. What I do know, John, I just know that Edo, is that Beverly. What? What about the Edo period? I was say, uh, the, the Edo the Edo period probably is one of the most pop culture laden, or mo- most. Uh, oh yeah. Frequently referenced period in Japanese history, according to the the uh, you know movies and samurai movies and detective movies and things like that. Oh no! Yeah, usually it's the Edo period. Yeah, definitely. But what I want to say about Beverly, I don't know if they didn't have a lot of time this episode, but for some reason her actress was a bit off when she usually is not. So I'm wondering if, like, film constraints screwed that over. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, she definitely – there was something – I mean, Beverly – season one Crusher is kind of a mixed bag. It seemed like she was, like, trying to get a handle on the character because sometimes for certain lines in certain episodes, she has almost like a British accent. And that doesn't really come through in later seasons. But yeah, she, you know, she's like, I won't let them execute my child, John Luke. Like, really, yeah. You, so I don't know if she was just having trouble with the material, or I think is that I think she was trying out different, different takes on the character, and it just she just wasn't there yet. You know, she was still she hadn't really settled on yeah. how she wanted Crusher to be. It's just weird because, like, I just feel like there wasn't really much range in this episode, but there usually is. That's why I'm saying I don't know if there were, like, time constraints with filming because usually I feel like she's on point with her relationship with Wesley uh, or bad relationship, depending on the episode. And in this one, it kind of felt like she was going through the motions of, like, save my boy? Yeah. You know, well, you know like, what? So, I think what she was, yeah. what she was trying to communicate was um, – is that she was trying to maintain her professional 
demeanor as a Starfleet officer, whereas internally she was freaking, completely freaking out because this, this planet of 80 swingers was going to execute her son. So she was trying to, like, I, got, I definitely did get a sense of her trying to keep it together with varying degrees of, of success because yeah. you know, we heard that she kind of understandably snapped at Data. Yeah, I just think that that's a – okay, so I think that, and maybe this is just me, but – and maybe – yeah, maybe it is just me. I feel like during a moment like this, it would it would be awful. I mean, maybe it would be in character with this version of Picard in this episode, but it would be awful if Picard was like, wow, you just yelled at me? You know what? You're off the ship forever. You Well, I would say you and your boy, but, you know, he's going to die. So, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like she can – like, there are these episodes where – I mean, even looking at the last one that we talked about where it's like, you know, I think it would be best if uh, you were relieved of your command. Is this a mutiny? No, I'm genuinely asking. It's kind of hard to hear you. Like, it <laughs> – it's just this i it's this idea where you know certain episodes seems like she's this badass who will like give you a right hook, and then other ones it's like this weird in between where I understand the you know again her like you just mentioned her trying to maintain her professional and her personal life, but it's her boy like i'm I'm not saying you know I'm not saying she picks up a phaser or anything, I'm just saying that it's weird that it was it was this. Uh, this kind of subduedness with Picard. Now, I am happy, though, that we can see more from Picard and have him go, hey, look, I actually do understand. I'm scared, too. Although I have to admit, it is very hard to see anything, like any of it from him. Yeah, because he's a captain. He has to keep everything. He has to maintain a certain level of detachment. Although I'm sure, and and that that I will say, like I said, I know I've, I know I've been strafing this episode pretty much since the beginning. There there is mm-hmm. probably greater emotional honesty in this episode than we've really seen much of before. Like I said, where Picard yeah. says, "Oh yeah, I'm scared shitless. I, you know, I'm I'm totally scared for Wesley." And of course, like I said, you know, he already has from Picard's angle, he's already sent this kid's father and and this woman's husband to his death. You know, he ordered yeah. he ordered Jack Crusher to his death. So now there's the guilt of not only did I send the dad to die, you know, did, did the dad die on my watch, but also now I, I know his kid's going to get executed. So that that's a loaded. This is a loaded episode for Picard in a lot of ways, and his relationship it with Doctor Crusher, which at the, which at this point, like I said, they they teased us a little more with it early on. Yeah, I think so. Maybe you know, I sound like a heathen for saying this, and I know that we should. I know that in general, you don't have to beat everyone over the head with every detail at every time. But on a weekly show where we're assuming at this point they aired this for, eh, like yeah, like a month and a half. I mean, I know things were different back then. Less media, no internet. You kind of just focus on the one show. Other shows as well, but like you had your life, and then you came home, you watched TV. But I don't know if if they even if they did air them all in order and it was like a month and a half still i do feel like that's something that's good to remind the viewers every now and again because i legitimately forgot that and i know it's been a while for us personally since we're doing these we try these on a weekly basis but sometimes that doesn't happen but it it you had to remind me like right yes he believes that he had killed his dad basically so it's the guilt of that because it's hard to tell because usually he's very hard on the boy. Now, you could say that he's hard on him like he might think a father should be. But sometimes as we joke around about it, it does feel like it's kind of like, oh, Wesley, whatever, man. Step on the flowers. Fuck it. Like yeah, it's just – Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's an emotionally charged sort of situation, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And like I said, I like the fact that it was a little more down-to-earth and human. We weren't dealing with – you know, all, all love and respect to space jellyfish and – and uh, you know, snake snake men fighting werewolves, and and you know, mysterious travelers. But like, it, it was it was a little more nitty gritty with the character drama, which yes. is is a good trick because I know early on one of Roddenberry's you know Roddenberry's rules, as I as I call them, was um, oh there, there there really shouldn't be any drama or any conflict between the between the crew members between the the characters, which that's like seventy five percent of the drama right there. He believed that all the drama should come from external sources. It should come from the aliens of the weak and the bad guys, but the crew gets along completely impeccably. What fun is that? They, you know, like I said, that, you that's, know, part of, that's part of I, what made DS9 such a great series. I don't have a problem if there's less conflict. It's just that when you mentioned that it's the type of conflicts where I like that, I guess because they were humanoid, this was a very human conflict. And because it was talking about something that, 
you know, is, is a current event, if you will, it actually is a, a more human personal conflict rather than space jellyfish or the Ferengi. Even though the Ferengi's motivations are quite human, still the Ferengi. So I – or, or you know, uh, um, Picard turning into a space version of Palpatine, you know, not really human. Um, in this case, though, I, I, felt, I just preferred the antagonist. So, and, and also I enjoy that they don't believe that they are antagonists, and they were even willing to be like, I mean, if you take them from us, we're not going to kill you over it. Yeah, they said that you, like you I, could take them from us, and we, and we wouldn't be able to stop you. And then, so the, the the problem is is not that they're, that they're physically unable to, and and that that I will props to that that did make it juicier. It wasn't like oh we could beam Wesley up, but they've got him in some kind of force field and they won't let him out. It's like they could mm-hmm. easily, the episode could have been over at any time. They could have, they could have just beamed Wesley up and left orbit, and the and the Edo wouldn't have been able to stop them. But the the real conflict was the fact that no, it's not unfortunately not that simple. Even though physically, yeah, yeah the, the we... issue is they physically – not that they can't physically retrieve Wesley, but that they have this power and they can't use it. Yes, and I think that that was interesting is – again, it's, it is interesting. It becomes an issue when we think about the Prime Directive and how it's normally used. Um, also, just early on, and I know we didn't focus on it as much. We mostly joked about it, but uh, from an honest perspective – I do like how everything was sexually charged, yes, in a, in a comical way, but it was never a judging way, in my opinion. And I mean that both from the, the crew on the ship and also just from, from God, you know, from, from, the, um, from the Edos, the Edos. I, I like that everyone was kind of on the same page. Like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, there was a little bit of you know, there was, sensationalism, yeah. sensationalism of the of the you know the, the sensual aspect of their uh, of their culture. But yeah, it wasn't treated as it was actually treated as a positive. They were like, oh wow, we can't we can't wait to go to this sexy pleasure planet, things like that. So it was. I would definitely say it was a sex positive episode. And and ultimately, the, and ultimately, the, the the sexiness the sexiness also didn't really end up being super important, except to just set yeah, up the idea again, that they it's, shift, it's this, it's this they virtual paradise, except for that one detail. Yeah, it was a sexual red herring. But there is one thing I want to mention because I can't we can't stop this without mentioning this. It's actually a bad thing. So like even though it is sex positive, uh I got sex positive representation on, on television especially, you know, 30 years ago now. The one issue though is and looking at this just from a real world perspective because that's what we know. We we live in the real world, we don't live in Star Trek. Uh they kind of treated the planet like sex tourists and that's weird. Yes. That's Absolutely. weird. Absolutely. So, which and we haven't we haven't even we haven't even introduced Riza yet, and already there already that's that's kind of the case. <laughs> I totally get that reference. Am I right? So yeah, it, that's one <laughs> you, thing. They treat it like it's sex tourism. Although, when you told me about their laws, because you didn't tell me about how sexually charged the episode was, but you told me like yeah, their laws are extremely strict or something. I forgot which one of us. I think you mentioned something like, yeah, he broke a rule that was like extremely harsh. And without knowing anything about the sex in the episode, I was like, oh, so it's space Singapore, and you died. I did, I did, because honestly, some for some people, sing, you know, uh, let's just say some people would appreciate the, if the Edo uh, had a caning station. Let's just say, and you didn't even have to break any laws. <laughs> And look, oh, if that was geez. the punishment, you know, some, there are certain people that would be stepping all over all the flowers. I love those memes online gardens. where people – there's just memes online. People are infuriated. How do I punish these people <laughs> when they – how do I um, – but no, but seriously though, yeah, I um, uh, so that's what I thought initially. And then like seeing the episode, I'm like, this is not space Singapore. This is not – um, this is like some 1980s – it's kind of funny. This is very much like a 1980s novel or a 1960s novel, like sci-fi yes, novel. Like a, like a sci-fi, it's, it's sci-fi novel? Absolutely, absolutely. Very – and it's not even like – I'm not talking about like the plot, just the actual environment with their clothes the and everything. Like the setting, their clothes, it's just kind of funny how it's just like, well, wow, costumes... this is really – yeah. The costumes were actually it was, and I'm going to mispronounce the gentleman's last name, but he's a big part. He was a big part of uh, Star Trek. Was William Ware Thice, I believe, or Thies? Mm. 
uh, and he was he was he was made famous by the really really sexy uh, costumes in TOS, like the togas and the you know like the really okay. like the barely va- like the vapor vaporware uh, <laughs> clothing and stuff like that 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 a lot of the a lot of the actresses wore. So he was he was in rare form in this episode too, and and but also like you said the the, the sort of the setting looked like something off of the cover of a of a like a 1980s uh, sci-fi novel. You know, it was actually I think it was the Huntington Library in California. But it so looked appropriately I want to ask you a question. No, no, it does, and I love the setting because it makes sense when you say that. Because I feel like the people will be running around in California in the 80s. Everyone will be like, "Fucking California." Like it wouldn't, it just doesn't seem off or weird because it didn't look like no. it was on a soundstage. I was like, this is the best soundstage ever. Um, what I found funny though is just initially looking at some people's reactions. Of course, Worf being like, nice planet. But when we had Riker, like, oh, we met them before and she hugs him. I'm like, met is in, is, met is not in quotation marks on the uh, the subtitles, but I think it should be. It was just kind yeah, of funny, there's... where it's just like, oh, we've we've met before, and then when it comes to uh, to Troy and to Yar, I don't know how they're reacting to it. Later, it seems like they're down, but I don't know how they're reacting to it in the moment. Where I feel like like Troy is just kind of like, I don't know if she's like iffy about the hug or not, and then Yar is like, nah, I'm good. Like I thought they were gonna get into this weird plot line of like the planet secretes this hormone, and we got to get off this planet or something. No, nah, the, the everybody gets horny episodes. Those are other. There are other ones throughout the series, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, oh, and, don't and worry. Know, the horny is is present. Um, you know, I said Yar. I said you know, it's nice to see Yar, especially because past episodes have kind of given us a little bit of uh, troubling backstory about Yar's, you know, relationship with with sexuality growing up, which again, if they can 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 create some potential. Uh, you know, unfortunate implications, but also we don't really know it yet, but, but Troy's culture is, is again, very sexually honest, like maybe not to the, to the degree of these people, but to a betazoid, sexy stuff isn't really, you know, they're, they're telepaths, so they can, they can sense okay. your dirty thoughts anyway. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I didn't know that because obviously we're not there yet, and again, just her hug, I didn't know if it was like, like, if it was just like, oh, you know, I don't hug often, or I don't know if she was also frustrated with Riker getting that kind those kind of hugs from people because there's still something going on there between them that hasn't really been addressed for a bit, which yeah, this would be the perfect yeah, episode I, to do that sort of, but then, you know, Wesley, it could just be that she's not as much of a hugger, you know, despite being a telepath and a counselor, yeah. maybe, you know, just not her style <laughs> or maybe she's just not used to getting hugged so quickly on an away mission. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, right. Usually that's not the case. Um, yeah, also I love the effects on the transparent ship. And even though God was a bubble, so it might seem funny and silly, still I enjoy the implication that it's like, no, 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 I am a being that of, of light essentially or being of of pure energy that could actually destroy all of you. Hell, I stopped you guys from uh, from beaming up board. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's actually great. And that, was the, I mean, they that was the thing yeah. too is that, is that it wasn't just the threat wasn't just from the – because the, the, the Edo themselves weren't really much of a – of a, of a imposing physical threat because, like they had said, you could basically just take Wesley from us. But also, they didn't know how the God was going to react to removing Wesley. So, like I said, there, there was always that threat that, that that thing could destroy the ship if uh, you know if they tried to if they tried to interfere. Yeah. So this is definitely, even though they tried to say Eden, Eden, Eden over and over and over, this is definitely more of like a a Rome. Literally, of course, they said the phrase "when in Rome" as a joke, but it's kind of when more of like, where, a, yeah, like Roman, yeah, a Roman Greek thing where it's just like everybody's with everybody, because it's that point in human evolution. Because like they, they, because you think of it as Eden, but then when you hear about their backstory, you're like, no, Eden was always paradise. So this is them thinking this is the most paradise they can do at this point. Maybe in about a hundred years, we'll have the Federation contacting them and saying like, hey, you when, seem good now. It's like, yeah, how have you, how, have you, come, have you come along on, uh, on uh, death penalty reform? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I as we're kind of wrapping this one up, I, I again, it's weird for me to say this one might be the best because, again, when mentioning 
the prime directive it breaks down and it's not, and definitely it's not the only it's not the only episode of of star trek that that's predicated on a plot hole basically that that if there's one one uh, if if you don't suspend your disbelief for this one aspect of it the rest of it kind of falls apart so it's it's not the only one guilty of that and i think with a lot of things you kind of got to take it holistically you know it's it's just overall you know how does it handle everything and i think it handled it well uh, again we've mentioned issues but those issues have been a problem throughout this uh this season already so again considering with with the issues this season again only on this season scale i think this might be the best one yet yeah it's definitely it just, you're definitely seeing yeah. you're seeing an improvement each time though we're building toward genuinely good uh, television yeah, and honestly, I wish this one had started earlier because I know I sound like a broken record yet again, but the show is just so fucking lucky that it was built on the name of Star Trek. Because I do not believe yeah, so- that if Star Trek was not involved and this was uh, this was just a random ship in space and there wasn't a cameo from Bones, just a random ship in space, even with Q being great and all, I still think that by this point, people would have tuned out even with these episodes getting better and better, because the first few were just not. I mean, I like the two-parter, but again, after that, we're just not. Yeah, and, and the thing is that they were, you could still see, you could, especially looking back at it in hindsight, the fact that we've seen, you know, the, the, the series has been out and Star Trek has continued well, well past that point. You can still see the seeds of greatness that would, that would come from there. There were, still, there were still some noteworthy things, some great performances, because the thing is, even, even with the, uh, season one and even with some of the uneven characterization and uneven portrayal of the characters, you could definitely show, especially Patrick Stewart, just taking that, that like cheesy mid eighties sci-fi and just going to town with it, just doing it, doing it up like a, you know, because especially like Patrick Stewart was big about delivering the lines with such conviction that you almost forget how silly the dialogue he's saying is like, or, or like things are only impossible until they're not. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I get you. I just think that he's really good at it. Like that, them scouting for someone who was really, um, really big in theater, I think was a plus. So whoever made that decision, kudos to them, because you needed someone like that to take command uh, under a show like this, especially with, like you said, with some of the sillier plot elements and, th- and things like that. But the reason why I talk about, I mean, obviously now we know with hindsight, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, but at the time, with this coming out at the time, if there was no Star Trek connection, I don't think this would have done as well. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. That's to say. what I mean. Uh, signs would point. The signs would point to no. You know, just, just taking it, taking for what it is. You know, yeah, yeah it might, might not I mean. have, uh, might vacuum, not have done as well. You know, I'm mean, like in a vacuum where this was called like, you know, a space space journey. travels. Yeah, space travels. You know, in a in a vacuum. I think that this, maybe it would have gotten like a cult following years down the line, but I think that initially it would have been one of those we canceled the show and then uh, years and then we years later we put it all out on DVD with the last few episodes of the season that we had commissioned or some shit like that. Because again, it's now getting better, but it's hard to give it that time when it wasn't that good starting off. Again, assuming it's in a vacuum. No attachment to Star Trek at all. So it's go- only going to get better from here. Uh, well, maybe a few others in season one will be some decline. But still, in general, it's only going to get better from here. It's just, it took a bit. Took, it yeah. took some time. And, and, every, and everything does. Everything does. I, 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 you know, most, most shows tend not to find their footing until a little bit later. And uh, so, so I, I, would, I would feel, say for the first season of most shows, you can kind of give them a pass with that in mind. True. True. It's just that I think this, because it's Star Trek, I, it needs to be better. Yeah, maybe that's also I'm just having it on a different, um, a different scaling system, I guess, because it is Star Trek. But question, John. And, and it does uh, have big wrap shoes this to one fill. Up, big shoes to fill, definitely. Uh, something to talk about before we wrap this one up. So do you remember if there are any differences with the script? Because I know you have the, uh, the near-shooting script on that CD you got years ago. Any differences <laughs> that really shot out, like, or no? Not really this time. Not really this time. Um, yeah, no I, I don't fun really, trivia. Did nothing. Nothing quite comes to mind that was of, of any interest. I think it basically aired more or less as the you know as the shooting script uh, prescribed. I, I might remember something later, but off the top of my head, I don't think so. 
All right. Anything anything about this episode that makes you think, oh, that's Gene Roddenberry? I know you mentioned the the love and the peace, but you think it was just the, the sex? You're just like, yeah, it's Gene. You don't know Gene personally, yeah, but a lot they, of the stories they were, they were surrounding Roddenberry. Giving, giving Roddenberry's giving Roddenberry's libido one last uh, what one last hurrah? hurrah. You know, like I said, he was in poor, rather poor <laughs> mental and physical health at this point. Oh, I didn't know that. You I know because I, I know that there's still the, stories around the time of him like saying some some stuff. Uh, not on camera, but like just some phone calls and stuff like that. I didn't know he was in poor health around the time of this. Yeah, and, and even that doesn't excuse you know like chauvinistic behavior and things like that. But he was uh, no, yeah, but I he didn't was, know. You know, he still he was still a presence though. You know, and you can and you can definitely see it in episodes like this. Yeah, but uh, but again, this one wasn't this one wasn't bad presence because throughout these episodes, there's been some that I'm like, he needs to get away. We need to get him away from this. But this was not one of them. So that, that's that's good to know. So either way, John, anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up? Uh, no, I think that, that, just about, uh, that just about covers it. All right. So thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, those guys on the radio, please remember to like and subscribe. If you're not, there's a good chance that you've either found us on iTunes by searching up those guys on iTunes and you're listening to us on the go on your on your treks. Thank you. Or you could be listening to this through our Blog Talk Radio account, blogtalkradio.com slash those guys on the radio. No matter how you're listening to this, thank you so much for being a part of this, helping us do our thing. If you're giving to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Productions, another thank you as well. And uh, either way, love you all so much. Take care and tune in next time, next week, potentially next week, should it be next week, for another episode of Star Trek Thursday. Now, if it's not next week, you'll know by going on our social media accounts, facebook.com slash those guys on the radio, uh, our Twitter, at those guys radio, or our website, tgproduction.net, and that's how you'll find out. All right, guys, so see ya. You could say goodbye, John. Goodbye, John.